Hi, and welcome to Joy Binge. We are Kimmy and... Sido, hello. And we share good stories about good people doing good things. We are so ready to binge on some joy. How are you doing, Sino? I'm doing quite good. Um, I was a little... I had a bit of a car won't start type of day. Mm -hmm. But now that I'm sat here in my little robe and I've got a coffee and I'm chatting to you, Ray of Sunshine, that is oh. Kimmy Malden, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I feel a lot better. Thank you for asking. I'm mm. feeling content, you know? That kind of mm. nice middle feeling where you're just like, ah, okay, I can handle it. And then something happens and you're like, oh no, wrong. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I have to make a small apology. In the last episode, I suggested some things that people can do during the current corona nonsense. We're trying not to get into that too much today. Yeah. But I did that thing where it's like, why don't you learn an instrument? Why don't you learn a language? And I listened back to it and I was just like, oh, shut up. So <laughs> I apologize to anyone who listened to that that felt like I was being kind of a bit... Mary Poppins, everything's good. Just do do something when you know there's a lot of very legitimate problems and concerns on your mind. Maybe you don't feel like doing anything right now because it's hard, you know. Yeah. So I apologize for being a little Mary Poppins about it all. I don't know. It just in my mind, I was like, oh, shush. <laughs> Easy for you to just sit there like, why don't you do something? <laughs> just do something. Because I don't want time. to. Because <laughs> yeah. Because I haven't got paid for my job and I've been laid off and I'm having a hard time and my kids are there and they're not at school. Yeah. <laughs> no, I totally hear you. I mean, honestly, I think it's good to recognize that if, the big giant if, you have extra time right now because you have to stay inside and your life has changed because of the quarantines and everything, then... It is, it is good to try and find different activities to keep you occupied so you're not just sitting in a pit of despair the mm -hmm. entire, you know, day and night. Um, so it's good to be encouraged in that way. But I, I totally agree with you. I don't want people to feel like, you know, we're saying, <laughs> now's the time to improve yourself, you know. And just feel be like a, a better lot. person. Yeah. <laughs> feel just all that pressure. Just have the time to learn Spanish for fun. ha, ha, ha. You know. Wouldn't it be great? Like you could start painting or you yeah. could start cooking. No. Okay. I need to tell you. Okay. Everyone, people, it is good to try new things. It is good to put yourself out there, out of your comfort zone, but be prepared to fail. And the reason I say that is because I tried to cook yesterday and it was oh. a big, massive failure. It was <gasps> so upsetting. <laughs> Like, I cried. What did you try to make? <laughs> try to make a trifle. Oh, mm, yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Is it a little tricky to make a trifle? See, it doesn't seem like it'd be that tricky, but making the custard sauce, I learned, is uh -huh. an act of magic, I believe. Um, Was it a consistency <laughs> issue? Uh-huh. Yeah. Custard for me seems like that kind of, sometimes I think cooking is kind of almost like alchemy. Yes. Where a lot of it's just like knowing, like looking at the consistency of something and being like, add more of this so it changes into like a slightly different form. So it becomes more liquiditous. That's not even a word. Like more liquid or more solid or more, I don't know, gaseous, I guess. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like just I want that to be a word. <laughs> liquidit liquiditous, I think is what I said. <laughs> liquiditous. Like looking at it and thinking like more flour because it's mm -hmm. too runny or more water or whatever. Like mm -hmm. I think it's kind of like borderline alchemy in my head cooking. No, it really is though. Which is cool. Yeah. No, it was, okay. So isn't custard, custard supposed to be kind of like... um like vanilla pudding, you know, that kind of like mud, like really nice mud consistency, viscosity. Mm -hmm. I, yes, viscosity. <laughs> yes. I know, I know what you mean. Yes, for mm -hmm. sure. Not like a pudding cake, but like a pudding, American pudding, I guess, like that yep, 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 yep. plop, plop, plop kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I made it and it was like, it'll start to thicken. And I was like, okay, cool. And I was staring and I was like, okay, I think it's thickening. Like, I don't know how much it's supposed to thicken. And so it's like set it aside and let it cool. So I put it in the fridge and I let it cool for like an hour or two. Um, and then I reread the recipe for the billionth time. And it said, pour the custard 
I want to say it used the word liquid into the trifle because it was like the last step. So I had um, like a lemon pound cake that I had cut up into cubes and I put it in the bottom. And I was thinking, you know, trifles are supposed to be layered. So I should uh, put like the the cake and then the berries and then the custard and then the cake and then the berries and then the custard, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And I poured in the custard on the first two layers and it just turned into like a bowl of cereal. Oh, no. And I was like, it'll be fine. Like, it'll just oh, like no. thicken up and it'll just be a fun little custard salad. Like, it's going to be great because I refuse to believe that this is ruined already because I it took three weeks. It took me three weeks to get a carton of eggs. I could not find eggs. And the two times I went to the store in three weeks. And I finally is, found some. Yeah, because like the whole different layers thing, I bet, is just not as easy as it would it, seem for sure. Like It would be easy if the custard was like pudding and they could just yeah, smear it around. Yeah, yeah. And it was <sighs> not. It was like milk. It. <laughs> Who were you making it for, though? Just John and I. Okay, so it's not too... At least you and John can have a laugh about it, and it's not like you were serving it up to multiple people, and they're all a bit like, oh no, what's this? Right. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I think I can laugh about it today. I definitely cried about it last yeah, night. Yeah, yesterday you were not. Okay. No. Did, was, did, what did John say about it? He was trying so hard to be encouraging and Aww. sweet and just the most lovely, and I was like, no, I just want to be mad because I'm awful. <laughs> It was so sad. I wasted six eggs on this trifle, and I'm very upset about that. Like, that that kills me that I wasted so much, like, ingredients on this Did thing. Did you learn anything about making a trifle for the next time if you ever do again, though? Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> just buy a trifle. Yeah, just stop pretending. <laughs> Exactly. So you won't waste any more eggs, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> I was trying so. to go for it. It's not a waste if you've learned something, but I, I mean, I guess that's, in a way, I yeah, you learned don't make trifle. Just yeah. buy it. I learned, try to find something easier and master that and then move on to something more difficult because a trifle really doesn't seem that hard. But I guess I got to practice making the custard and I'll do that when life stops being so crazy. But yeah, so that's my message out there to everyone. It is okay to try new things. It is okay to be upset when they don't work out as long as you can pick yourself back up after that and figure out a way to laugh about it. Because it definitely yeah. took me some tears and sleeping time of which I need more of to... Better to do... <laughs> better to use the eggs to try and make something and it doesn't work out than do the thing that a lot of people do where the food just sits yeah. for too long and then they're just like oh well and they get rid of it yeah exactly. that's really wasteful you know like that's properly kind of like mm, maybe next time think let's i don't know i've done this once or twice before in the past where i'm like oh, i really shouldn't have bought that that was mm -hmm. it just makes me feel bad you know and i think yes. that's kind of a good thing to have that just even though it's like a tiny speck, tiny drop, but just in and of yourself to try not to waste things. Right. No, I totally hear you. We've let we've let salad mold in the fridge so many times to the point where like we don't get it often. Yeah, like stop buying so much salad. Then. <laughs> just yeah, stop buying it. like just don't buy salad, and it makes me feel awful because I'm like, I need vegetables. And salad is a great way. <laughs> we all need vegetables. I said that really <laughs> weird. <laughs> but, you know. Where do I get vegetables from? I don't need vegetables. <laughs> so I'm resorting to frozen vegetables, which are just as good. Like, they're fine. Um, but I did learn also that eggplant is really gross to, un like, to thaw. Um, oh, really? Yeah, it gets, like, I mean, it tastes like eggplant, but it's, like, it gets really soggy like that in zucchini mm, and like, i've done that with bread before yeah because <laughs> i don't eat very much anyway and like also just living by myself or yeah. like when i was with flatmates like only having my own food sort of thing mm -hmm. i'd like froze bread because i had heard that you can do that yeah and then i like defrosted it and everybody's like yeah it's such a great way to keep bread for a long time especially blah 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 and then when i defrosted it it's like Ooh, there's a lot of people lying to themselves out there because it just <laughs> it's it's like slightly warped. 
mm-hmm. is how I would describe it. I'm sure people would be like, oh, you're defrosting it wrong, but I've tried, okay? It's not the same. It's just not. There's a reason why you don't commonly get frozen bread from supermarkets, you know? Yes. It's like a last uh, resort scenario freezing bread wouldn't recommend <laughs> one it's out like, of ten <laughs> do not it wasn't recommend. like inedible or anything but it, it gets that kind of slightly watery kind of feel to it and it was kind of warped Ugh, that's awful yeah. yeah i always hear of people like toasting the bread mm-hmm. that's after. what i did as well yeah it sounds like that's the only real way to save it unless you use it for french toast i love french toast it's like always... one of my dream breakfast foods i just i love it too much I always think I like it more than I do. Like just now, <laughs> I got real excited, and then I remember actually making it and eating it and being like, mm. eh. <laughs> <laughs> "No." I think it's just too eggy, or maybe I've just made uh, it wrong. I've probably just made it wrong. To I'm be just completely a little, honest, I'm like a stoat. I'm like a little ferret creature. I just love eggs. I do you ever too. See, like stoats like to just like lick eggs the inside of them with their little tongues. They love it. That's me. Stoats. Yeah, like the little, they're kind of like weaselly creatures. Oh, I've never heard of a stoat. They're kind of like I'm Googling ferrets this. that aren't doing very well. <laughs> they look <laughs> a little bit more skinny and a little more wiry, whereas ferrets are a bit more kind of bushy. They're so cute. They're very cute stoats. They're very fast. They're like super good at like moving their body. They're like around. the mouse version of a ferret. Yeah, that's it. They're like more kind of mouse-like. Oh. So oh those are my favorite animals. They're called mustelids. That kind of stoat, ferret, um, sable, all of those types. I love them dearly. I'm guessing on how to spell it. Okay, I got close. The, the word it looks mustelid? Like a, yeah, it looks like a badger. Mm. So, like, yeah, they're kind of... It's like the overall name for them is mustelids. Oh, uh, I gotcha. It's okay. like a, a kind of family yeah. Of animals that includes all of the ones that I find adorable, like weasel, stoat, like I said earlier. Um, and it, I think it goes all the way up to like getting close to being a badger now. Oh, it includes badgers actually. Otters. I love otters. <gasps> Me too. Minks. Minks are adorable. Wolverines. The wolverines are a little uh, careful now. <laughs> <laughs> kind of weirdly aggressive looking. But yeah, they're so cute. I love them so much. I, I really want that wolverines are real. <laughs> I really want a ferret, but I heard they're a little stinky. They are very little, stinky, but they're, they're very cute. Stinkers. They are very adorable. And the, the, you'd have to have like a big cage and stuff for them. I don't know if I could ever keep them as well as I would like, but they're so cute. Maybe I could put up with the stink. I say that. I'll probably be like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one day. I mean, one who day. knows? Never say never. That's right. Just yeah. give it a try, Sino. See how it goes. Speaking of never, uh, I think it's we're never going to get to the article if we don't get a shift on. Oh, so. that's true. <laughs> I forgot. We're here Seamless to talk about segue. good news. Okay, I'll tell you <laughs> one more story. It's real quick, yeah, yeah, I promise. Yeah, I sure. promise. Go ahead. Uh, so the other day, I was on Facebook for some reason. It's like not uh-huh. part of my normal life. And um, I yeah. saw that John Krasinski started a good news channel. Did you see yes. that? Yes. So cute. Yes. Loved it. And I was just like, John, we should pair what up. If? Like, <laughs> can you buy Joy Bench? <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's, I'm yeah, it's really cool to see like see his career and how it's blossomed, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And how he looks so different now and stuff as well. He looks the same, but like yeah, he, more just Hollywood. A beard. But like in a good and, way. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Not like plastic surgery way. Like he looks like he's, like he's doing made well. It. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But I was just yeah. really excited to see that because I was like, "Good, okay." There's going to be more traction for the good news stuff, and he shouted out the Good News Network. Yeah, yes. good job, John. I was very proud. Okay, There's the end. people out there who like this stuff, it's nice. That's right. Um, so, yeah. what is your good news today, Sano? So I've got a cool, quite scientific story today, which I'm very interested in. It is from The Guardian by a woman called Nicola Davis, written Monday 30th of March 2020. 16 o'clock BST was uploaded. Okay, too specific. (laughs) Every single byte of data I've tracked. Um, 1602. (laughs) 1602. 
So scientists have managed to develop artificial intelligence that can turn brain patterns into text. This is part of ongoing uh, neurological data about how language is formed in the brain and how we can use kind of electrical signals within the brain, study them, like study the patterns of those and then try and turn them into text, which could, you know, be read out from like a text to speech device or something along those lines, which could have really interesting, uh, cool uses for people who are disabled, are unable to speak or type, or um, those who have locked-in syndrome, Ooh. which is people who are technically alive, um, and I think they're cognizant sometimes of their surroundings, but they can't do anything. So it's like, it's honestly, it's kind of like a nightmare scenario where it's like you're aware of everything that's going on, but you can't speak or move. Or do like show people what's happening um in the past they've used those who've had locked in syndrome but can still like move their eyes they've like used a system where they look at things and they have like a kind of eye tracking device so that they can say like yes and no and things like that but it's wow. very it, it's like a kind of nightmare scenario you know very hard thing to live through um it tends to happen as a result of a stroke and there's no real known cure for it um, 90% of people who get this end up dying within four months of it happening. Oh my gosh. But, like, they seem, a lot of the time, the people who do survive, they just, I don't know exactly how it happens. They just begin to be able to, like, move again, or they regain control of their body very slowly. I'm a little terrified by what you're saying, but it's very exciting to see that there are some great progress. What's the word? There's some great progress being made. Yeah, it's like helping people who are in this type of situation, or like I said before, people who don't have the ability to speak, perhaps, mm -hmm. things along those lines. Um, yeah, so they've managed to develop an AI that can turn up brain activity into text. It is admittedly, even according to the doctors in the article, it is very early days. Um, what they did is they recruited four participants and they planted electrode arrays to their brains to monitor. Um, it's the same ones that you can monitor epileptic seizures with and stuff like that. Oh, wow. And they got the participants to read aloud um, like a set of 50 sentences multiple times. To um, just read it, like to themselves? Uh, yes, and it tracked the neural activity as they were, this is read aloud in particular. It tracked the neural activities they read these out. So some of the oh. examples were Tina Turner, pardon me, Tina Turner is a pop singer <laughs> and those thieves stole 30 jewels. So I imagine that they're using sentences that perhaps have like certain sounds attached to them. And a lot maybe, of T's. Yeah, I noticed a lot of T's as well. Also, Tina Turner is like, I wonder if that uses a different part of the brain because you think of her. And it's not like a generic object, perhaps, as well. There's or like numbers. a memory and pictures and stuff like that attached. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and the data was fed into an algorithm in a machine that would go through the electrical impulse data from their brain. And it converted the spoken sentences into like a string of numbers. Then it would like try and predict based on the data small chunks of brain activity data from the actual recorded audio and then there is like a next part where it tries to like convert it into a sequence of words so it's oh quite a kind of complex thing but at first apparently the system just like kind of it was nonsense it was just gibberish mm -hmm. and then it kept comparing the sequence of words with the sentences and how they were like read out and the numbers and how they relate to the words as well. So it got more and more data and it kept comparing the data it was getting to like how they were reading it out and things like that. And what words tend to follow each other as well, apparently. Almost like predictive then, text? Kind of like a predictive text thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. We already have things like this in action today mm -hmm. um, in a variety of situations. I mean, Google alone is an example of this where a lot of the time it knows what you're going to search for very quickly. Right because of pattern learning and Google has so much information going in that it's gotten very sophisticated at knowing what you're going to search for and like trends as well. It's good at keeping up with trends. 
because it's used every day by so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the team decided to test the system by generating written text just from brain activity during speech. So I, I think it's kind of like writing down what it thinks you're thinking. I'm not a hundred. The wording there is a little unusual. Can you say it Gen- again? Sorry. So I'll read the exact sentence out. The team tested the system, generating written text just from brain activity during speech. During speech. So it's trying to take what they're thinking but not saying? I think so. Because that's generally what it was going for. They want to turn brain activity into text, right? Right. So. Weird. I think that sentence maybe just could have been a bit clearer. Because it's not just like what they're saying. Because they already measured that, right? Right. Unless it's just like, because you already have systems that, like on your phone where you speak into it and the words pop up. Right, right, right. You can already do that. Um, If you have an accent, though, more difficult. (laughs) Doesn't always Wonder why work. I'm saying that. <laughs> I actually got a um, message by Google to say that they were they wanted me in particular to try and give them data because they um, noticed that I was Scottish and I lived in Scotland and they wanted people with Scottish accents to help them because they've had the, a hard time with the Scottish accent, right? Yes, yes, it's gotten a lot better actually. Um, when I first got my phone. You know how you can say OK Google to get it to mm-hmm. light up and pay attention to you? When I first got the phone, they didn't have enough Scottish voice data, so I had to go, OK Google. I had to put on like a fake English accent to get it to respond to me, because if I went OK Google, where my double O sounds come out like an oo, more than like, like a Google. It doesn't like, like English that. Accent. It, didn't, it wasn't picking up. Oh, my phone's actually just started listening <laughs> in the background. <laughs> well, there you go. It's proof in the pudding. Sorry. Proof in the trifle. (laughs) The proof is in the trifle. I'm going to have to send you a picture of that trifle. It was just (laughs) disgusting. Oh, you took pictures? Good. Please do. Oh, yeah. It's it's pretty awful. I'll include it in the blog. Why not? Everyone can see the glorious failure. Yeah. I'm very happy to hear that. So quick question Um, about this article. Where are they doing this uh, experiment? Oh, good. Yes. It's at... So this is in the Journal of Nature Neuroscience um, in the University of California, San Francisco. Interesting. Okay, so when you first started talking about this, I was thinking that we've covered something like this before. I Yeah, I have like a weird recollection of talking about something similar. Right, and I found it. So back okay. in episode 17 of season one, uh, the episode was called Star Trek Levels of Future. Mm-hmm. We covered an article about Columbia University's uh, Zuckerman Institute. Um, they were working on translating brain signals directly into speech. So it oh. sounds like this is going instead of to speech to text. Right. Okay. I just wanted to see if it was the same people. That would be oh, really interesting. I, I had a really strong recollection when I was talking there that I'd made a similar point once before, maybe about my accent. Oh, am I just rehashing the same old material? No, <laughs> no, no, no. It's not the same. Like this. You already is... covered this article. <laughs> Bye. No, because <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it's no, it's different because it's turning the brain signals into text, which means that people can like use phones a lot faster. I would imagine because they could just easily you... text. Can you imagine in the future you can just think out sentences and it appears in your phone? You don't have to type it. I mean, that sounds really nice, but it also sounds horrifying to me. <laughs> just you like looking furiously at your phone because it keeps like thinking you're saying something in your head and you're not saying it. Or it's like a different word. It's like we're all just going to turn into betazoids at this point and have like telepathy. Yes. Excellent. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Telepathy always sounds very fascinating to me, but I hate the idea of someone being able to look in my head and know what I'm thinking. That I mean, I do not like. There's enough of that already on the internet, and as it's shown, ignorance is bliss quite Mm. a lot of the time. So, yes, I I know exactly what you mean. Like having to hear everybody's opinions all the time isn't always a great thing. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, we've proven it's. A negative thing. <laughs> yeah, you could say that one of the reasons this podcast exists is because of that phenomenon. 
I mean, but really, though. <laughs> yeah, well, a little bit. Let's be real here, folks. Right. But at the same time, like, that's the definite downside of all this technology. It seems like the upside is so much more beneficial, you know? Oh, yeah. I always maintain that, that when people like to do this kind of very doomy, yeah. Oh, isn't the technology we have now so bad? And it's like, oh, but think about all the ways it's helped people. Yes. You know? Giving voice to those who haven't had a voice in so yes. long, if ever. Like, this is yes. so important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think overall it's a good thing, but I, it's important to talk about negative impacts and culture of it and think about that as well, because like a lot of things in society, sometimes it kind of happens very suddenly, and then everybody's like, whoa, let's think about this for a minute here. Mm -hmm. You know, could we have done this better? Or just everybody starts talking in, about something or using a service or whatever and then the ramifications of it don't become apparent until it's like oh it's already entrenched mm -hmm. it's hard you know like to really do it in a clever way and not just in a very like everybody's using this so do it now go mm -hmm. kind of way well we can't predict the wildness of humanity you know mm -hmm. <laughs> until you get this stuff into the hands of people who know exactly how they want to manipulate it and know exactly what they want to do to abuse the the system. Um, but I'm just so excited that this is something that a lot of people can use and that a lot of good can come from this. I don't know. I, it's exciting. I to a couple of friends from university recently on Facebook because that's the only platform that like we all use together mm -hmm. um, in common. And it was really interesting. I scrolled down through my timeline and it, there was like a kind of, it like grayed out a news article that somebody on my timeline had linked saying that according to Facebook, they thought this had a high probability of not being true. Oh. Which is a new thing that. for Facebook because Facebook's gotten a lot of trouble for basically being one of the biggest spreaders of fake news or things that are factually inaccurate but are edited to look like they're real people get fooled by it and then you know that can be very dangerous um so i don't know i think we might be starting to see some people thinking like hey we need to have some sort of check in place for stuff that just isn't real that looks very real because you just see the stuff online and then that's it mm -hmm. you know it's easy to just be like oh there you go this looks like a real news article there's some pictures here um and then you look into like where this picture was taking place, and it, sometimes it can be like a completely different place on the planet, but you don't know because you haven't been there yourself. So you're like, "Oh, this must be true." Things like that, you know. Mm -hmm. Right. So important to think about this stuff. I do think there are people fighting for that out there, as bad as it can be at times. Anyway, that's sorry, a bit of a sidebar. <laughs> you're all good. It just makes me think about like deep fakes and things like that. Oh yeah. So. <laughs> Deepfake, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's like the ability to make it look like someone else, for instance. If what, someone's talking, you can make it look like someone else. And this is like in motion, in a video, in real time, which mm -hmm. technology hasn't really been able to do until quite recently. Because before it was like you could edit, you could like Photoshop an image. But video was always held up as like the golden standard of like, you can't really edit a video to look like... You know, unless you put on like a wig or something. Right. <laughs> or like a comedy disguise. And usually that's quite obvious. Or you do really yeah. obvious edits to make someone say something that they didn't actually say. To right. To spew their words. But you can always right. tell those edits. Yes. There's usually evidence of edits that if you're clever enough, you can be like, mm, you took, you, you cut there or whatever, mm -hmm. you know. You can see like the things. weird jerks and like the sound cutting out. But now like with deep fakes, mm. We're just doom surfing. We are doom um, surfing right now. And it's algorithmically based, actually. I think a lot of deep fakes where they like the computer kind of program that like measures the contours of the face and things like that and facial expressions Ugh. to make the the fake or whatever look as realistic as possible. So it's like when it smiles, it will have like corners in the certain parts of the face you get corners in or creases pardon me yeah you know it's very it's like based on an algorithm of like data and like mapping faces which is quite similar to the thing that we're talking about in yeah. this article it's true um so as long as all this technology 
Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go on. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, as long as all this technology leads to the creation of a holodeck, that's all I really want. Yeah. We're getting <laughs> holodeck is the goal. That all, remember all the science holodeck. That's why we're doing it. Exactly. So as long as we keep our eyes on the goal, it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, the team tested the system after it spat out the nonsense sentences, like I said earlier, and it was just trying to write text from brain activity. Um, and it wasn't perfect. It had a couple of mistakes, which are in the article here. Um, those musicians harmonize marvelously was decoded as the spinach was a famous singer. Ooh. Um, interesting that they got singer, though. Yeah. It's still related mm -hmm. to music, but I wonder where spinach came from. Yeah, yeah. And another sentence, a roll of wire lay near a wall. Sorry, a roll of wire lay near the wall. <clears throat> Became, will Robin wear a yellow lily? What? Which... It's kind of close, perhaps, in some of the sounds, like yeah. roll, robin, wear, wire, you know, things like that. But it's interesting how different it became as a sentence. But the team found that the accuracy of the new system was more ac more accurate. That's what a good sentence there. The accuracy was more accurate. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I can imagine like my elementary school teacher just like red pen on that one. <laughs> Use a different word. Very up the words. Uh, and I think they thought that the accuracy maybe has increased because of like the kind of algorithm and using the 50 example sentences. Mm. And they said that if you tried to go outside the 50 sentences that they used previously, the decoding got much worse. Mm. Um, the accuracy varied from person to person. One participant, just 3% of each sentence on average needed correcting, um, which is higher than the word error rate of 5% for professional human transcribers, apparently. Wow. So that was actually superior than what is usually the case when like people do it. Um, but like they said, it was only within the confines of the sentences that he they had like kind of what's the word? Not like programmed into it, but into That's this like whole a thing. Prompted, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like provided, I guess. I wonder if so. This is going to help us understand brains, I think. Like, so much better, especially in relation to how we use and digest language. But I wonder if looking at a sentence and then thinking the sentence and if saying the sentence helps it become all more uh, accurate when the person delivers the sentence to the technology. As opposed to just, like, freeform thought. Or they're just thinking yes. it, you know? I wonder mm -hmm. if the visual and auditory and like physical manifestation or creation of, you know, the audible part, like if that all together cemented it. I also have zero part of this <laughs> experiment. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just saying words now. It would be nice if there was like a way for the system to realize when you wanted to say something to it and when you were just thinking as well. Because it's a mm -hmm. little scary to think that it just monitors all your brain output. And as your brain scrambles around, it starts just going blah, 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 blah in the background sort of thing. But it must be quite good at realizing when you're using the language part of your brain in particular. Mm. Because mm -hmm. like what happens if you get halfway through a sentence and then you're like trying to think of the right word or you're thinking of a memory? Mm -hmm. does random words pop out or is it only when you're thinking of like i want to say this as a sentence mm -hmm. i wonder how that works um yeah interesting i'm wondering too how like deep into your brain it could go eventually like if your subconscious is going to start talking to you through this like how yeah. crazy would that be so out of curiosity kimmy do you think to yourself like do you speak to yourself in your brain Yes. Just during your normal day. Because some people apparently do and some people apparently don't. I've seen people talk about this. So I, I do have like a running monologue and I think in sentences and I think in um, like tones even, like vocal tones where like I can be sarcastic, you know, things like that. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 And I feel like that's fairly common. But that's just because I'm used to it. <laughs> so I think yeah. everyone thinks like that. You know what I mean? Because I don't all the time. Mm. But sometimes, like, if I'm frustrated, sometimes I'll 
think of frustration to myself in my head and it sounds like I'm speaking to myself kind of thing in my head mm. or if I'm trying to do something in particular sometimes I get the kind of internal monologue and then sometimes I don't so I, it kind of goes in and out for me oh interesting um, like what what happens otherwise like I besides just, the monologue I just kind of do things I mean yeah sometimes I'm just doing things and I'm not really like there's no internal monologue going on and then I'll maybe think to myself hmm I think I'll get something to eat now and that'll be like a sentence in my head but then when I'm making it, I'm kind of in like an autopilot mode where like I'm just putting stuff in the microwave. I don't think, oh, I need to put this in the microwave. I'm just doing it. It's hard to describe. Huh. You just do it. Because I know I can get into phases of that. Like if I'm particularly concentrated on something and I'm just like going around doing chores or whatever, I'm not thinking about the chores, but I have a running monologue about whatever else my brain is occupied with. and. It's like things are flying in and out of my head so fast. Like it'll be, um, I'll be thinking about, you know, a relationship or a conversation and then like a past memory and then a song will get stuck in my head. And then like, like things just like happen all the time. And now I feel insane. (laughs) When you try and describe it, you just, you do feel, yeah, I feel a bit sheepish, but yeah, it's. I don't know. I don't really think in the constant sentences that some people describe. And then part of me is like, I'm just just stupid. No, because like that sounds very peaceful because like it just feels like at peace. Yeah, because like I don't like it. There's always something. And the second there's like a peaceful moment or like silence in my brain, I try to hold on to it. But then I start thinking, I got to keep the silence. I got to keep this quiet. I can't have the thoughts running through my head anymore. You know, and it's just like, blah, 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 blah. and I start talking to myself about the silence. And it's very frustrating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've heard of people who like think primarily in pictures. Mm. I, I think in pictures when I'm trying to think of directions and stuff. I, mm-hmm. I can't really read directions so much as I have to think. It looks like this and then you walk there and it looks like this and then you walk there and it looks like this. Mm-hmm. it's how i kind of think but i'm also terrible with directions so maybe i'm not the gold standard but that's so funny i find it really difficult to read like turn right on this street then turn left here Hmm. yeah i need to see like, the path where? too or yeah. at least like on the map you know yeah for sure for sure i'm a little bit better at reading maps actually mm-hmm. i've gotten better at reading maps like it makes more sense to me but yeah. yeah, it's crazy how differently wired people's brains are, how you like think. In diff- I'm not sure how valid the idea that people have different learning styles is. Oh, I've I heard believe quite a lot that. about it, and yeah. I believe it, but some people have said it's not. I think people have something of a mix. Yes. So it's not like you're one type of learner and that is it. And I think there was like a kind of trend for a while to turn it into like a what which one of the seven learning types are you and it's like put me in this box when in reality you probably prefer certain things but you have some sort of mixture yeah i also think it depends on what you're learning yeah that too yeah so i just wonder how like the different thinking uh patterns or types would affect this technology because like if you think primarily in pictures how how does it yeah look in your brain how does the electricity look in your brain compared to somebody who thinks about like the shape of words a lot? Yeah. Or thinks in sounds or thinks in like just a different or like a huge combination of all of those things. Cause or I'm people sure with synesthesia as well. What is where, that? Like, so synesthesia is a thing. It tends to happen to women more than men where you, there's like a kind of an association with things. For instance, like certain words will have a color. Mm. To someone with synesthesia, but not mm-hmm. like, you know, the word red. Obviously, when you think of the word red, you think of the color red. But right. to them, like the word achieve might have like a kind of orange color to them. Mm. And there's mm-hmm. no real like correlation for it. It's just that things have like maybe like a musical tone or it's usually color is the most common example I hear. Um, and they experience everything in this kind of, it almost sounds like the world is art to them and everything is art in some regard. It's an so interesting, interesting way of being yeah i mean um, i've always thought like the number nine should be yellow but 
that's about it for me <laughs> and you don't really know why that is and mm -hmm. it's hard to think of like a memory where it's like i saw the number nine in yellow when i waited for my dad to get back from the train station once and forevermore the number nine is yellow you know yeah some people have tried to reason it out like that but i think it's to do with just the brain or something along those lines yeah yeah, yeah. do you ever think of like uh actions with different words like particularly verbs I don't know if I could have said that word any more slurred, but particularly verbs. <laughs> so not related. Like, obviously, if you think of the word kick, mm -hmm. you think you of like think a kick, kick motion. But Yeah, but like what, a, like what about the word succeed? Do you have like an image of someone doing something? Not you... really. Do mm. you? For a lot of words, yeah. And John and I have talked about this at length where... Uh, we get mental images of like like the word sinister for example like i imagine uh -huh. a guy with like a skinny mustache like rubbing his chin and grinning mischievously and like or mischief that's it and mischievously yeah thank you <laughs> uh, and like looking around you know like that to me is sinister because to me well then we're talking about word association i thought of like an old witch type character yeah you thought of a man and i thought of a woman Oh, that's funny. Um, yeah. But yeah. For me, when I think of words like that, I tend to think more of like the kind of shape of the word or like the cadence of how it's said. Mm. So like the spelling of it and like succeed and it has like an almost kind of musical uh, vibe to it, like just the way that you say it and like the stress, the pitch and the stress in English. Um, for, if you don't know what stress is, it's like it's the reason why people say like laboratory and not like laboratory. It's oh. like that's called like stress accent. And yeah. if you get it wrong, it makes you sound like you're not a native speaker, even though people might understand what you're saying. So it can be frustrating because there isn't always very defined rules for it. You just kind of have to know it. Right. Or you have to learn how how other people say it. That's so, Yeah. It's putting the wrong, the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like stress or syllables and things like that. Language is very complex. I know. It's so, this is so fascinating. And the fact that I'm assuming that this, is all, this uh, experiment is happening in English, I would love to know how this changes uh, with different languages and if someone's bilingual or multilingual english is quite difficult yes for it's this because terrible the language way that things are pronounced don't often correlate to the way that they're written whereas for instance in japanese um the pronunciation is very like a lot of the times it's kind of pronounced how it's read same with spanish as well right it's so, much more consistent um like some friends of mine who are kind of in STEM, they do some neuroscience type stuff, engineers, they were talking to me when I was at university and they said quite a lot of the time they actually use Japanese for this type of stuff because it's one of the easier languages to do this with. Oh, really? It's not like in English where the word hours is spelled with an H, but you don't pronounce like a H in the same way that you would say like herb, but then you wouldn't say that if you were American, you'd say herb. So right. that was a bad example, but you know, like it's so unless it's the name consistent. Yeah, yeah, and this is the name Herb, in which case you would say hi Herb. Right, but if it's the plant that grows in the ground, that's an herb. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot going on there. Whereas with Japanese, it tends to just be like the same all the time. So it's one of the easier languages to try this out with, which is really cool and interesting. Just the way different languages work for it. So English, probably not the best, actually. Right. Kind of playing on hard mode, really. <laughs> Starting at the most difficult level and yeah, seeing how yeah. it all turns out. Okay, <laughs> random question. We can cut this out. Um, are there different dialects of Japanese or accents? Yes. Okay. Yes, there is. I thought so. Um, so there's like standard Tokyo style, mm -hmm. which is what you hear in news broadcasts on a lot of television. And then there's like Okinawan Japanese, there's Kansai Ben, which comes from like kind of Osaka, Kyoto, more southern, southern Japan, mm -hmm. which tends to sound different. It's a lot, that, their accent is like kind of the Texan of English. Oh, interesting. Or, um, a lot of the times when they translate that, for instance, if a character in like an anime 
or a TV show has like a, a Kansai Ben dialect, they may give them a Texan accent or maybe a British accent as well sometimes. Um, because it's like slightly different is how it's it's a little bit more rowdy in the kind of way it's perceived. It's more of a kind of rowdy, down-to-earth type of accent. Uh, yeah, there's quite a few. There's also Kyushu up north. My teacher came from Aomori, which is like a place to the north of Japan. She was like, let me tell you something. Let me say a sentence in my dialect. And she said it. I was just like, I've got no idea what you just said. <laughs> I've been learning this language for years, and you just completely annihilated me with that one sentence. <laughs> She was like, a lot of Japanese people don't know what I'm saying either, so don't worry about it. It's like, okay, phew. Because what was that? What did you, what were those sounds that came out your mouth just there? Like the whole thing was like that. I, I couldn't get it. Like it was, because I know some accents in Japanese and people speak differently depending on like age and gender quite a lot in Japanese as well. So you kind of get used to that and blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. But what she, I just, I haven't heard it. Because it's like a smaller place as well, you know? That's wild. It's, it's kind of like it's... if somebody spoke English to you with like a Welsh accent mm -hmm. and you've learned English from like watching American TV dramas, you'd be like, what is that? <laughs> yeah. Or even like that, um, to go back to that video that we watched that one time when you were here of the almost Shakespearean way of speaking that people had in like South Carolina or whatever. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. Because when they started talking, I was just like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> what's <laughs> happening in their mouth right now? <laughs> yeah. Or even um, that Irish uh, sheep farmer. The 50 sheep or whatever. 45 sheep. Yeah. <laughs> farmer Joe O'Shea's 45 sheep. <laughs> he talks about his dag, which is dog. Yeah. It's like, I don't, I know we're speaking the same language, but we're really not. Even... We have a friend who we call Shinpoki. Um, Shinpoki! She's from Ireland. And Ireland and Scotland are like not only geographically close, but they're very close culturally. You know, mm -hmm. we occupy a kind of Celtic roadie likes to drink, but good people, lots right. of kind of Catholicism, Protestantism. Uh, what's the word I'll say? Tension. Friction, <laughs> yeah. tension historically. That's a Long common thread. <laughs> a lot of Irish immigrants came over to Scotland, including my mother's side of the family. That's why I exist here. Oh, really? Very similar. But sometimes she'll say something I'm like, I what I have never heard that word or that phrase before, even though you're so close to me. Yeah. So it's interesting. Or sometimes I'll think something is a Scottish phrase and then she'll say it and I'm like, oh maybe I'm wrong then. Oh, interesting. I didn't yeah. know your mom's side was from Ireland. That's why my second name is Conigan. That's like an Irish name. Oh. So they, they all grew up and lived in Scotland. But if you trace it back, maybe a little bit further than my grandmother's generation, mm -hmm. you would find like an Irish immigrant. They came over in the potato famine. Gotcha. Apparently. So it's similar to like me being like, I'm part Scottish. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Gotcha. But okay. Again, different cultures. For me, I wouldn't say, oh, I'm Irish. Right, 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 uh, right. If you're an American, it's more common to say, oh, I'm Irish. <laughs> yeah, because we, we crave long histories because we do not that have that. <laughs> true. Yes. Okay, so wrapping up the article very quickly. Sorry. Um, yes, very long no, sidebar. No, we've just been chatting away. Like, sometimes a podcast is two friends just having a good gab. That's right. We're having such a good gab. We're having a good gab over here. <laughs> But yeah, Dr. Christian Herf, an expert in the field from Maastricht University. Who? Who, who, I love how it says, who was not involved in the study. <laughs> I had to point that out. He's just giving his thoughts on it. Um, he said that the research was really exciting because they used less than 40 minutes of training data for each participant. What? Um, so rather like, than, usually they require like millions of hours to get to this point. Yeah. But by using limited sentences in like less than 40 minutes, they managed to achieve this, which wow. is like way quicker than it usually is, because usually you have to get tons and tons and tons of data and feed it into the system before it can do this. I'm actually surprised at how, because my phone is so good at like text to speech, I'm surprised at how limited they still are in this. I hope that doesn't come off like I'm disappointed in them. Oh, no. I mean, but this is so different from that. You know exactly because it's brain waves, you know, but it just right. goes to show that like we can measure brain waves, but like 
turning that data into something is still like such, they're really at the beginning of it. Yeah, it's such new territory. Mm-hmm. Absolutely um, fascinating. But they managed to achieve levels of accuracy that haven't been achieved so far, apparently. That's so cool. But it does say at the bottom of the article, unfortunately, uh, it wasn't usable for severely disabled patients as it relied on brain activity recorded from people speaking a sentence out loud. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's kind of what we were talking about earlier. Right. Yeah. yeah. But it sounds I wish I'd like... I read that earlier, actually. That one little... <laughs> I must have skipped over that when I read this before the podcast. Whoops. Um, yeah. So but one limitations. Day. But, you know, fingers crossed. That's a good start. Yeah. I mean, the fact that good. they're even this far is really impressive and exciting. God. Yeah. It's wild. It is Star Trek levels of future. Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. Oh my god. We're a little bit closer than we were on that other episode. Yeah. <laughs> Every day. One step at a time. Baby steps. Oh my gosh. Holodeck. All I want is a holodeck. Okay. Sino. Mm hmm Are you ready for a home slice of Texas? Mm, mm, mm. Yes. Let's Texas, go. Texas, Texas. Okay, so in an effort to keep this uh virus free <laughs> for everyone's sanity including our own i i found a sweet story it's kind of like one of those like fluffy stories you know um it's not about a study or you know anything huge but it it made me happy it's about this little boy who had to cancel his birthday party oh no right because of present day situations um yep. But before I go too much further into the story, this was written by Deborah Ferguson uh, for NBC DFW. So it's a Dallas local uh, NBC affiliate. And uh, it was published one hour ago. Yeah, buddy. So oh, wow. April okay. 1st. I am hot on this news press. No, it's going to be old yeah. by the time it comes out. It's fine. Smoking, frankly. <laughs> Smoking very the mask. Yeah. moment there. <laughs> it is crispy and ready to munch. Yes. I'm very excited about this. So my birthday was last week. Uh, I was telling Sino earlier that uh my family has three birthdays in the week of the last week of March. It's me, my niece, and my brother, like all about one or two days apart from each other. <laughs> so it's a pretty big um birthday time and today would have been my papa's birthday as well so like this is a very big birthday time for our family and this little boy uh was really disappointed he's turning six he was very disappointed about having to cancel his birthday and of course like he's not i doubt he really understands how big the situation is right now like why he had to cancel his party i'm sure he understands yeah. that like there's a sickness you know, we have to stay safe, but I doubt that he, you know, understands that this is like a global, you know, how big of to a, a six-year-old boy, it might just feel like his birthday is canceled, not that it's unfortunate in wider society that blah 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 has happened and this is like a thing. Like it'll just feel like yeah, more that his specific birthday has been canceled, and that will sting. Yeah, exactly. And you know, my niece turned six, and I know that she has tried to make the best of it with her family. They did like a whole day of art projects and movies and board games and playing cornhole in the backyard and, you know, things like that. Um, but it's hard. It's hard when you're having to explain to children like what's going on and why this is affecting their special day. So he was really upset. And his mom came up with a wonderful idea. So she invited their family and friends to do a birthday parade and... Then I guess she like tweeted or Facebooked the firefighters and police officers in their hometown uh, to join that parade as well. And they did. And it's just that, so cute. Sorry. That's very sweet. I actually think I maybe read a little, not read, but like I know that this was a thing that happened. I'm pretty sure I saw this at one point and I it, thought of yeah. Joy Binge when I saw this. So it's kind of cool that you picked up on it. Yes, it's so sweet. It's, uh, I just love that people who are, I'm sure, overworked and just exhausted 
And, you know, they may not be overworked quite yet because it may not have hit in their area quite as hard so mm -hmm. far. Uh, but Where it's did you coming. See this was again, sorry. Uh, this is in a little town called Red Oak, just outside of Dallas. It's south of Dallas oh, okay. by about twenty minutes or so. Okay. Um, they uh, so I don't know how much the virus has like hit that area, but I'm assuming that if police and firefighters were able to join this little parade for a few minutes, then it must not be like you know like New York levels of scary or anything yeah, like that. Nobody. It's like harmed by the fact that, you know, they're right. managing the resources. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, how great is it for the people to be able to be part of something like this and know that they're making a little boy's birthday extra special in a time when that's going to be a little bit harder than normal. So it's just really cool to see people go out of their way to help make people's special day even more special uh, and not let this virus keep them down because we ain't about Absolutely. that. Exactly. Making sure Jacob has a happy time. Yes. Uh, his yes. mom wrote, a special thanks to Red Oak Fire and Red Oak Police. By the end of the parade, Jacob was in happy tears. So it's good to know that happy people tears. are kind. I know. Yeah, it's very sweet, actually, the picture of him with his presents and his balloons and stuff. Because, so you know, when you're six years old, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. And it's even very when big deal. you're 32, birthdays are still kind of a deal, you know? I would have loved a parade. <laughs> That's not um, true. I wouldn't. <laughs> I don't think you would either, honestly. No, I would be so embarrassed. <laughs> but the idea of it's funny. I'm just so glad that they could uh, do something special like that. So I actually... I oh, sorry, go ahead. I bought alcohol yesterday, and I forgot to bring my ID with me. And then the guy asked me what age I was. He, he was fine with it in the end. You know, he was like, okay. He's seen me a couple of times, and I've been ID'd, and I've shown it before, so it's like... It's not like you're a brand new. Yeah. yeah. But he asked me what age I was, and I was like, uh... Oh, 29. <laughs> I had to think about it. I was like, wait, I carry the two. Yeah, you're like, hold on, okay, I was born. But then there was that time, and then I was in America that one. 29, yeah. I think. <laughs> Couldn't have looked more fake if I had tried. I'm really surprised he wasn't like, nah. <laughs> I have been denied so. with my ID, so I know I definitely would have been denied in that yeah. scenario. I couldn't think of the right number. I was like, uh, really, 29? No, that can't be right. <laughs> but I am, right? I'm so surprised you weren't like, like 30? No, 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 yeah. no, 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 29. 24. Yeah. <laughs> 21 today. 21. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's awesome. I actually had to drop off my niece's birthday present um, last week, you know, and it was right before, it was the day before uh, we got the orders to be in lockdown. Um, I think it was, yeah. And by lockdown, it's like shelter in place, you know, um, and it's really trying to hinder people from like going to the store too much or like, you know, going to work if they don't need to just to keep things you know, safe. And so um, I know that the kids and my brother-in-law have had to go to their school just to like pick up curriculum and uh, do a little bit of work and such. Um, and since we do have some sensitive like health issues in our families, we are trying to like mitigate the spread as much as possible. And I had to uh, just leave it at the door and then go back to my car and drive down the street and text him and be like, okay, I dropped it off. Give the kids Aww. a hug. Wow. That's and, rubbish. Yeah, it was sad. You know, and at first I was just like, oh, okay, well, I hope she has a happy birthday. Like, you'll be fine. And I went about my day. And then that night after I streamed, I was talking to John and telling him about it. And then I just burst into tears. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, I'm really sad about this. I didn't realize it. That's quite common, though. A lot of people, they kind of get to, like, a, a specific moment and they're just like, this mm -hmm. is awful. It doesn't quite, it's not like always in the moment. It's like sometimes afterwards, it's like the lack of contact just builds up. Yeah. You know, um, I've had a couple of deliveries of food recently. I'm kind of sick of getting food ordered, but I just didn't feel like doing a big shop, as I would call it. Mm -hmm. um, so I had ordered in food a couple of times recently, and they always say that they're going to, they're doing like contactless delivery. Mm -hmm. So I imagine them like leaving it on the doorstep after I've already paid. 
But every yeah. time the guy just hands it to me, but he's wearing gloves. Which <laughs> I don't think really solves the issue. I think it's more of, that's more of like a psychological comfort than anything. It's like, well, now you've just kind of got like, I mean, I suppose you could remove the gloves, but you've just got like a germ surface that you take off at the end of the day. Yeah. But I, I know, maybe it works. I don't, it's just strange. Because every time I'm like, oh, are they going to leave it downstairs and then walk away and I have to say like, oh, thank you, because I'm on the top floor. But every time they're just like, here you go. <laughs> You're like, just I mean, save yourself some time. Just tell me that yeah. you've dropped it off and I'll go get it. And I, I don't want to have the door closed and be like, leave the food and go. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm super angry and paranoid. I know it's so weird we had pizza delivered and try to do the contactless you know delivery as well and the guy like I think he I didn't see it but I think he like put it on the front porch but was like still there and when John because like I was trying to corral Bell and John opened the door and was like oh hi thanks man <laughs> it was like really I think the guy yeah. was just trying to make sure that we got it and it wasn't just left there I don't know it's just very it was very uh surprising yeah for sure i imagine anyway yes i'm trying not to talk about this too much because i'm sure you've all heard a million billion things about it by this point so that's right happy birthday jacob happy birthday jacob uh, i'm glad that your day could be more special than it originally looked but yes there was a lot of good news uh you know to it mm. felt easier to find this, Actually, this I thought that too this week. Mm -hmm. I found quite a few articles. I was like, oh, that's cool. That's good. That's cool. So I think there's people are increasingly needing good news at the moment. Yes. So it's nice to see that kind of other people are like, yeah, I really appreciate this right now. So that's nice to feel. That's a nice feeling, you know, to think that other people were also like, yeah, let's find some good news. That's right. It makes me really excited. So I'm just glad to see that. People are going out of their way to think um, the front lines of, you know, everything that's going on and the people doing the jobs that are really difficult. I mean, as much as we're like laughing about the delivery stuff, I know, Sano, you and I both, um, among a bunch of other people, are very thankful for people who are doing delivery and working the grocery stores and, you know, doing all the stuff that is, you know, kind of dangerous right now. But Again, in an effort to not talk about it too much, uh, I just want to say thank you to everyone who is still working and still able to do all the all the difficult things. We are very appreciative. So that's it for today's episode of Joy Binge. We hope that you enjoyed binging on the joy with us. Okay, whoa. <laughs> that was like a tongue twister. <laughs> Thanks everyone joy for listening. Binge. We Sorry. appreciated it. Yeah. Joy Binge, binge on the joy of the joy binge. Did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy the joy did. binge? Did you binge did it? You enjoy the joy binge. <laughs> uh, we have an email, joybingepodcast at gmail.com. And you can also tweet at us at joybingepodcast. We have a Facebook page and we have an Instagram account. So on all the social media, do feel free to share good stories with us. And hopefully we can read them out in future or mention whatever you send to us. Um, we would be thrilled to know some good news that you found out there. Be sure to like and rate the show on whatever platform you do check us out on so that we can continue to grow and share increasingly more good news with you and others. Yes. Actually, hold on. Sino. I'm awful. Yes. On Are March. You? Yes. On March 14th, yes. we got an email from one of uh, the viewers of our channels. Their name is Gnob. That's their online name. And okay. they live in Italy. And they sent videos, like uh, articles, about people in Italy who uh, did a very peculiar flash mob. So oh. I'm going to include that in the blog. Thank you so much, Gina, for reaching out. I hope you're staying safe. Um, and I just wanted to do a special thank you to you. I saw this email like literally an hour after you and I had recorded last time. And I felt terrible about that. <laughs> it, it can be really difficult as well when you're like, oh, I have to record, I have to find an article and blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, you get to the point where you've done the podcast. And you're like, oh, I forgot to mention that thing somebody sent me last Tuesday, you know. Yes, and we want to mention it. So I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you. Uh, the flash mob, I'm really excited to see it. So we'll include that in the pod, in the pod, in the blog um, at KimmyMalden.com. Yeah. 
what's my website? KimmyMalden.com slash JoyBinge. So, thank you. Kimmy.mal.in. <laughs> yeah, Kimmy.mal.in.uk.gov.uk. <laughs> so, I just want to say a special thank you to that, uh, to, to you, Gina, and I hope you're doing well. Thank you, everybody. Take you're care, all the folks. best. Yes, yes, stay safe. Have a good one. Bye. The music for this podcast is Industrious Ferret by Kevin McLeod. Thanks for listening and have an excellent week. An egg-solent week. <laughs> uh, <laughs>